Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. But tonight, um, I'm going to... um, teach on something that really stirred my faith up, really, really stirred my faith up. And by the way, regarding uh, Miracle Word Church, we want to give you guys plenty of time to make plans to join us when we announce our um, launch service. So I want to, of course, you'll see it on social media. I'll send you text messages. I'll send you emails. I'm sure something will even come to your house, but we want you to know ahead of time so you can make plans to join us because We want to have as many of the Victory Tribe in the house uh, as we can get. So um, very much looking forward to that. And we'll let you know in plenty of time so that you can be there. But, um, and didn't you love, I love watching those those clips of Brother Hagin. I miss Brother Hagin, who is now in heaven. But I I got to be with him for the very last years that he taught classes uh, at his Bible school, Rhema Bible Training Center, 2000 through 2003. And uh, I love I loved him so much. Love his ministry, all that he's produced. It's miraculous, and his legacy is is literally still going around the world. There's Rama Bible schools in nations all over the world, uh, training students up uh, in the Word of Faith, and uh, it's just powerful. I love to go back and watch those old clips. Get your spirit stirred up again in those Holy Ghost meetings. Um, I'm getting ready to. to uh, be in some Holy Ghost meetings starting tomorrow night. Uh, Carolyn and I will be jumping on a plane early in the morning and we're headed to California and we're gonna be in Holy Ghost meetings all this coming week. Uh, Brother Copeland just finished preaching um, Friday night, Saturday morning, I think Saturday night. And uh, it's just gonna be a powerful week. So we're looking forward to that. And um, Beverly Lackey asked, we'll still be live, Um, we'll still be live. Uh, 10.30 in the morning, 9 o'clock at night. Beverly Lackey said, will you still be broadcasting live from Miracle Word Church? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You'll be able to even be a part of the services online if you're in another state uh, or whatever, but uh, we'll have all of that available for you. But it's good when you're in these uh, times of fasting and prayer to press in. Um, And that's why we're doing these sessions two times a day to keep you stirred up, to keep your faith built. Um, as we're pressing in and getting into the Word of God and prayer like we're going to do tonight. Um, Luenda said, where in California? It's in Marietta, California. Marietta, California. And um, we're very much looking forward to it. So we want to do these things to keep you in the flow. And uh, the Lord put something in my spirit uh, that I want to share with you tonight before we pray. And that is this, how to move God's hand. How to move God's hand. One thing that's important to get in your spirit is that God never moves randomly. God doesn't just randomly move. He's moved by faith. He's moved by obedience. But I want to show you some powerful things from the scripture tonight that one of the things we're uh, setting in place as we fast and pray is that we're putting ourselves in position to see God's favor upon our lives, to see God's favor upon our lives. You know, it's, it's amazing. I, I was sharing you, even the little things, it blows me away. Even the little things that God does for you because he knows the desires of your heart. And uh, even the little testimonies. We, we had a, a couch that we had bought. I was sharing this. We had a couch that we'd purchased. And, and it was from a, you know, a good store and, um, and everything. And it was, it was nice. And, but it just, something was wrong with it from the factory. And uh, we went back, literally when the fast started, we went back and just talked to them and said, what, what, what can you do about this? They said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We don't do this, but we'll do it one time for you. We're going to do a full replacement. But then today we went back and we found out they're not just going to do a full replacement. They're upgrading us to a much better couch. They're going to actually end up giving us like a $7,000 couch at no additional cost to us. And I'm telling you, there's, that's, that's favor. That is favor. And uh, nothing but the hand of God. No reason for it. They told us they don't even do that kind of stuff. They said, but you know what? We're going to do a, a one-time, uh, we're going to do a one-time replacement. And they upgraded us. 
It's like mind-blowing. Even the little things, God just does it. The hand of God's on your life, the favor of God, God just does it. And so uh, there's all kinds of testimonies that uh, not only are coming in, but there's testimonies that we're getting ready to have. We're getting ready to see bigger and better in 2023. It is our year of transformation. It's our year of transformation. God's going to do things that blow the natural mind so that all we'll be able to say, and I'm getting this confession into your spirit over and over and over and over, is it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. It is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. And so thank you for joining me for this. Share it if you haven't yet shared it. Uh, I'm going to jump in and teach on this because I've got, I've got some scripture to put in your spirit tonight. I want you to take notes uh, and I want you to get this down in your Bible and put it in the comments for those that are jumping on for the replay as well. We've had a lot of people watching these on the replay and uh, commenting, letting us know they're, uh, they're joining on the replay. Um, I saw Hunter had a question, said, are you, do you have any service times uh, for Miracle Word Church? All the information we'll release at the same time, so everybody's right on the same page. But Hunter, you'll be one of the first to know. You'll know what's happening uh, when, we, when we open up. Isaiah 14 and verse 27. Here's where I want to begin with you tonight. Isaiah 14 and verse 27. What are we talking about? How to move God's hand. How to move God's hand. Well, as we uh, talk about this, first, let's talk about the power of what happens when God lifts his hand. Let's talk about the power of what happens when he does that. And Isaiah 14 and verse 27 is a little picture of that. The Bible says, for the Lord of hosts has purposed. The Lord of hosts has purposed. And who will annul it? So you know what he's saying here. If the Lord has purposed to do something, who's going to cancel his plans? If God has purposed to do something, which he's purposed to do things for you, who is going to cancel his plans? Nobody. And look, his hand is stretched out. Who will turn it back? Get that. His hand is outstretched. Who will turn it back? So you know the power of this verse, don't you? Is that when God gets ready to do something supernatural, and that's what we're in position for this year. When God gets ready to do something supernatural, who is going to stop him from doing it? The answer there, nobody. The devil cannot stop him. All of the demons that exist cannot stop him. Governments operating in an antichrist spirit cannot stop him. Wicked people making plans behind the scenes cannot stop him. No, when God makes a purpose, when he has decided, then uh, who will cancel his plans? And that's a rhetorical question because the obvious answer is nobody. Nobody. And when his hand is stretched out, who will turn it back? Nobody. Nobody can turn his hand back. Nobody can cancel his plans. In fact, did you know that the Bible says that there are wicked or evil men who make plans in the earth? Wicked men, evil men make plans in the earth, but then the Bible says, but God just throws his head back and laughs in heaven because he knows their day of judgment is coming. Evil men make plans. Wicked men make plans. You know what God does when they do that? He laughs at them. He laughs at them. And that, that's encouraging to us. You know why? Because there are wicked people making plans. I mean, there's people on the earth right now. You look at, look at people like Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab, who's the head of the World Economic Forum, just look at a picture of him. He looks like a Bond villain. <laughs> look, look at his face. Look at his face. He looks like the quintessential Bond villain. I'm like waiting for James Bond to show up and like knock him into a pool of sharks or something. <laughs> I'm not even joking. If you don't know who Klaus Schwab is, Google him and laugh as you know that what I'm saying is exactly right. He's the quintessential Bond villain. He's got a plan to 
And, and it's not just me that thinks this. There's articles being written about this all over the internet by reputable news organizations, though I don't know if that means anything anymore. They're saying uh, if he has his way, his plan is to destroy democracy in the world, to destroy democracy in the world, and to bring that uh, socialist communist regime into the nations of the world. The Great Reset, the One World Order. Oh, yeah. Rebecca said, I just Googled him. He's got a tuxedo and everything. It's <laughs> exactly right. There, and, and make no mistake about it. There are wicked men, wicked men making plans to take manipulative control of the world. And you know what the Bible says? And when God hears them making plans and sees it, he throws his head back and laughs. I can't even imagine what that sounds like. God's booming, thunderous laughs echoing through heaven, bouncing off the pearly gates, bouncing off the streets of gold in the new Jerusalem. I can't even imagine what that sounds like as God's laughs are just echoing through heaven as wicked men make plans. Well, that makes you want to shout. You know why? Because God doesn't even think it's a big deal. Who cares? Paul had this revelation and he shared it with the Roman church. You know what he said to them? If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. Nobody. Nobody can be. And you go through the whole Old Testament. It was filled with anti-God people making plans against God's people. You know, you, I don't care how many stories you look at. Pharaoh coming after God's people. Sennacherib, king of the Syrian army, coming against God's people. Nebuchadnezzar coming against God's people. You read the story of the fiery furnace. You read the story of the lion's den. I don't care how many anti-God things were set in place. None of them mattered. God could not be destroyed and his plans could not be destroyed. Hallelujah. In fact, it was his enemies who were destroyed. The Bible's very plain. God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, and he said, I'll bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. It's actually in people's best interest to bless the people of God. I don't care who it is. It's in their best interest to bless the people of God, not curse them, not stand against them. Because remember this, when you stand against God's people, you are standing against God himself. Whew. What a powerful thought. Put that in the comments section. When you stand against God's people, you are standing against God himself. Hmm. That is deep, man. That is deep. You know, Jesus said, in reverse, if you think about the reverse of this, Jesus said, um, you know, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. When did we clothe you? When did we feed you? When did we help? If you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And when you stand against God's people, you are standing against God himself. You say, how can you make a statement like that? How can you claim that? The reason I say it is because remember something that I've taught you that I try to repeat as often as I can when it makes sense to do so, that when you get saved, you are not just a part of God's family, you are a part of Christ's body. Whoo, that's powerful. Let me say it again. When you get saved, you're not just a part of God's family, you are a part of Christ's body. Thank you, Jesus. Paul taught that. We are one body with many members in particular. We're all part of the body of Christ. Amen. We make up different parts, but it's the same body. Amen. It'd be like saying, you know, it'd be like saying that somebody came up to me and said, you know, uh, Brother Ted, I like your head but I am totally against your legs. 
and I am going to wage war on your legs. I have come to take out your legs. Now, I'm for your torso. I like your torso. I like your arms. I like your head and neck. But I am against your legs. I'm coming to destroy your legs. Let me tell you something. If you're coming to destroy my legs, you're coming to destroy me. If you're coming to destroy my legs, you're coming to destroy me. Because I am my legs. I am my feet. I am my waist, right? I am my uh, chest. I am my arms. It's all me. So if you stand against one part of me, you're standing against all of me. Whoo! Get that in your spirit and let it build your faith. That's why when any wicked people or organizations or whatever it may be, when they stand against God's people, they are standing against God himself. And God does not take kindly to threats. God does not take kindly to wicked plans that are being uh, created against not only his plans, his people. God does not take kindly to that. There was a president of a nation, Venezuela, his name was Hugo Chavez, and he made a choice and kicked all of the Christian missionaries and evangelists out of Venezuela a few years back. And he said, we will not have uh, conversions, we will not have crusades, we will not have evangelizing from the Christian community in this nation. It wasn't long after that, he was dead and gone. Dead and gone. You know why? He made himself an enemy of the Most High God. He made, you think, what do you think God cares more about? One man that made himself an enemy of God and stood against God's plan or an entire nation of people who need to hear the gospel, who need to be converted, who need to be brought into the kingdom. Do you think God's going to let one person stand in the way of an entire nation of people that need the gospel preached to them and need to have the Holy Ghost change their lives and bring them deliverance? No. And when you make yourself an enemy of God, it's a big mistake. That's right, Vivian, like, like Herod. That's exactly right, just like Herod. And uh, people think, well, that's, old, that's the Old Testament God. You're thinking of the Old Testament God of war. We're, we live in the New Testament where God is love. God does not change. God does not change. He's the same. He's always the same. So is Jesus. Same yesterday, today, and forever. And something that'll interest you is if you're in the New Testament, uh, go to Acts chapter 13. Because the Bible says that uh, as Paul is preaching to the governor, there is a um, sorcerer, an evil man that is trying to stop the governor from listening to the gospel preached. And I want you to see we have a picture of three different types of people in one story. We've got Paul who is the believer. We've got the governor, who is just an unbeliever who's interested in hearing the gospel. And then we've got the sorcerer, Alemus, who is an enemy of God, who is actively working against the plan of God. Three different types of people, believers, unbelievers, and enemies of God. And I want you to see this. The Bible says that uh, when the governor wanted to hear the gospel. And Paul began to preach it. His name was Sergius Paulus. Acts 13, 7, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. He wanted to hear God's word. But Alemus the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them. Get this, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul or the, the governor, away from the faith. Look at his desire. This wicked man, this sorcerer, was actively working to do what? Verse 8, to turn the governor away from the faith, trying to stop his salvation. But Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at the sorcerer. And said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the, path, the straight paths of the Lord? 
And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be struck blind and unable to see the sun. Notice he didn't say, well, you know, you just need a little more grace, Olemus. If you just had a little more grace from the Lord, you'd understand this gospel is a wonderful gospel. No, no. He preached the gospel to the governor, but he brought a judgment upon the enemy of God. And the, from that moment, the Bible says a mist came over his eyes and he said, the hand of the Lord's, who did that? Who struck that man blind? God did, the Bible says. God did. He said, the hand of the Lord is upon you. And look, and you'll be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him. And he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the pro or the governor believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Glory to God. So notice that there was a wicked man who had a plan to stop God's plan for this man's life. God said, I refuse. Anointed the apostle Paul to bring judgment in a New Testament context. By the way, all those people are like, well, that's Old Testament, brother. Here's a New Testament passage. We're not waiting for hell, not waiting for the rapture, that the man of God, anointed by the Holy Ghost, brought judgment on the evil one who is the enemy of God, and instantly he was struck blind, and the governor believed. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care what plans the devil has for 2023, it is going to be thwarted, every one of them will be thwarted supernaturally by the power of God. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. I will bless those that bless you. Every antichrist entity, every antichrist uh, individual who stands against the, the moving of the church and the advancement of the church and the promotion of the church is going to be moved out of the way supernaturally by the hand of God in 2023. When you stand against God's people, you stand against God himself, and it's a bad move because you always lose because if God's for you, who can be against you? Nobody. Nobody can. And so I want to read you some passages of scripture. When God lifts his hand, things move out of the way. When God lifts his hand, blessing comes. When God lifts his hand and has decided to do something in the earth, nobody can stop him from moving. Hallelujah. I, in fact, I want you to just put this in the comments tonight. Nothing will cancel my blessing. Nothing will cancel my blessing. In the name of Jesus. Nothing will cancel my blessing. Well, what's the first thing that causes God to lift his hand? Obedience. Number one, obedience lifts his hand. If you're taking notes. Number one, obedience lifts his hand. Listen to Isaiah 63 and verse 12. Isaiah 63, 12. Who caused his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses? who divided the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name. See that? He caused his glorious right arm to go at the hand of Moses. What did he tell Moses to do? He said, take your staff and lift it up. So if God's arm was at the right hand of Moses, when Moses' hand went up, God's hand went up. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us and identifies that it was actually God who showed up. Psalm 77, verse 16. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled, and the sea quaked to its very depths. Glory to God. That means God's the one who showed up, and the Red Sea saw it and began to tremble. And then verse 19 of Psalm 77 tells us it was God who walked through the sea, though his footprints were unseen. Hallelujah. Which means that when Moses obeyed that instruction to lift up his staff, the Bible says God's right hand was at Moses' right hand. When Moses lifted his hand, God lifted his hand and the sea had to part. Whew. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. That means that obstacles 
move out of the way when God lifts his hand. Obstacles move out of the way when God lifts up his hand. What causes him to lift his hand? Obedience does. Obedience does. When you obey his word, when you obey his leading, he lifts up his hand and obstacles get out of your way. Get ready for everything that stood in your way previously to jump up and run out of your way in the wonderful name of Jesus. The wonderful name of Jesus. What else? Prayer lifts his hand. Prayer lifts his hand. That's number two. Prayer lifts his hand. Listen to this. Acts chapter 4, verses 30 and 31. Acts 4, 30 and 31. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Notice they're praying. Notice that they're praying. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. <laughs> Hallelujah. They preached the word of God. So notice, as soon as they prayed, stretch forth your hand. He stretched forth his hand and the whole place shook like an earthquake. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they preached with boldness. Prayer raises his hand. Obedience raises his hand. Prayer raises his hand. What are we doing? Well, look at two of the things we're doing right now. In our time of fasting, we're in obedience as we're fasting. This is an expectation of Jesus. And by the way, I know there's people that don't know because they've never studied it and they've never even taken the time to read the book that I wrote on it. But there's only one type of biblical fasting. Only one. There's not many types of fasting in the Bible. There's one type of fasting, not eating food. So anything else that other people have made up because they don't want to do what the Bible says is not in the Bible. Uh, fasting TV is not in the Bible. Fasting social media is not in the Bible. Fasting salt and sugar is not in the Bible. Fasting caffeine is not in the Bible. The Daniel fast was not even a fast in the Bible. He didn't even fast fully for those 21 days. He only didn't eat meat and choice foods, the Bible says. And he never said he was fasting. He said in chapter 9 that he was fasting, but it was a full fast. Do you ever find it interesting that nobody else in the entire Bible ever replicated the so-called Daniel fast? Jesus never did it. The apostles never did it. No one else in the Old Testament did it. The early church didn't do it. The second century church didn't do it because it's not real. It doesn't exist. It's something people have made up because they don't want to do what the Bible says to actually do. There's only one type of fasting. It's not eating food. That's it. You say, well, I'm just not going on my phone as much. It's not fasting. Can I tell you something? Just, and I'm, I'm saying this because it's, it's part of our obedience. It's part of our obedience. Jesus' expectation was that we fast and pray. He said, when I'm gone from them, then my disciples will fast and they will pray. The early church took that so seriously that they fasted two days every week of their life, of their life. And according to Acts 3, they had an hour a day of prayer. We were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. So let me just say something to you. There's only one type of fasting. You can either obey and engage in it or not engage in it. That's up to you. But Jesus expects you to if you're his disciple. There's only one type, not eating food. And there's people say, well, you know, there's not everybody's at the same place. We can't all, we can't all do that. Well then do six to six, do something, do something that Jesus expects you to do. The conviction you have from the word of God should cause you to step into fasting. Amen. And I, I know this is, we get around these, these 21 days beginning of every year and you hear people all over the country, you know, everybody fasts different things. Some of you've cut out coffee. It's not a fast. Let me explain something to you. Part of fasting is to, to take your flesh and bring it low, to bring it low. So let me just tell you something. I could not watch TV or Netflix or Hulu for the rest of my life and my flesh would still be strong. I could not be on social media for the rest of my life and my flesh would still be strong. I could cut out coffee for the rest of my life and my flesh would still be strong. Wouldn't matter. Nothing subdues your flesh like cutting food out. 
I could fast dessert for the rest of my life and my flesh would still be strong. Nothing cuts your flesh down like not eating food as the biblical pattern of fasting is. That's exactly what it is. And by the way, that's all it is. Now, of course, I could stop video games. I play video games. I know there's people watching that are appalled. I play video games. But let me tell you, I could stop playing video games for the rest of my life and my flesh would still be strong. Because it doesn't have anything to do with video games or your phone or social media or sugar or caffeine. It doesn't have anything to do with any of that stuff. It has everything to do with modeling what the Bible says, which is don't eat food. I don't know why that's so hard for people to define and follow. It's because they don't want to do what the Bible says. They don't want to do what the Bible says. Just do what the Bible says. You say, well, I can't go 21 days. Then do six to six. Do something. That six to six is a biblical fast. Six to six is a biblical fast. It's in the book of Judges. It's in other places as well. So if, you, if you're one of the people who say, I can't fast for 21 days, well then fast for 21 days and cut out all your breakfast and all your lunch and don't eat until dinner and pray and seek the face of God. There's something that everyone can do. There's something that everyone can do. And what I'm telling you is when we fast, that's a part of our obedience to the word of God. Obedience moves his hand. When we pray, which is what we're doing right now, that is something that moves his hand. Obedience and prayer move God's hand. Let's go further. What else lifts his hand? His word lifts his hand. His word lifts his hand. Isaiah 48 and verse 13. Listen to this. It was my, now this this one's going to blow your mind. This one gets me excited. His word moves his hand. It was my hand that laid the foundations of the earth. Get that. What did he say in Isaiah 48, 13? It was my hand that laid the foundations of the earth, my right hand that spread out the heavens above. When I call out the stars, they all appear in order. Okay, well, what moved his hand? Here's the question. What moved his hand? Well, John chapter one tells us, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Right? But look at verse 3. And all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Who's the him? The word that existed from the beginning. So do you see that? The word is what caused all things to come into existence. That means if God said, it was my hand that laid the foundations of the earth, what moved his hand? His word did. Hallelujah. His word moved his hand. I hope people can see why it's so powerful that we confess the word of God, that we speak the word of God, that we read the word of God, that we declare the word of God. Why? Because God honors his word. I read this all the time as the psalmist said, God has magnified or exalted his word above his name, Psalm 138 and verse two. He has magnified his word even above his name. One translation, he has backed up his word with all the power of his name. Amen. There's nothing, just get this in your heart. There's nothing higher in the universe than the word of God. Nothing higher. The word of God is preeminent in the universe. Preeminent. Nothing is higher. Not anything. I mean, if he's exalted or magnified his word even above his name, there's nothing higher. Glory. Can I show you something? When I say that it's the preeminent force in the universe, I'm I'm referencing scripture. Let me break that down again. When I say that the word of God is the preeminent force in the universe, I'm referencing scripture. Say, what scripture is that? Hebrews 1.3. That's speaking about Jesus, who is the word that John was talking about. Listen to Hebrews 1.3. The Bible says, he, referencing Jesus, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
Notice how he does that. He upholds the universe by what? By the word of his power. By the word of his power. The word of God is the preeminent force in the universe. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The word of God. See now why it's so powerful that we read the word, that we memorize the word, that we quote the word, that we confess and declare the word. It is the most powerful force in the universe. Nothing is above this word. Nothing. Nothing. You say, what about God, who is the majesty on high? The Bible says, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God is his word. That's why it's so powerful. God is his word. Martin Luther um, said this, very powerful, in the 16th century, Martin Luther said this. He said, this is, this John 1, 1, it's so powerful, one verse of scripture, that it destroys two heresies in one verse. The Greek version of John 1, 1, it destroys two heresies that people were trying to preach at the time in one verse. You say, well, what are those heresies? Well, one was to say that Jesus was just a natural man. He was just a natural man. He said, no, no, Jesus is the word made flesh. He's existed since the beginning. He's not a natural man. He's God in the flesh. So that destroys that heresy. But the second heresy was that there is no Trinity, that there is not a Godhead. But he said, no, read it. You can see that the Logos and Theos, God and the Word, they are two distinct beings, but they're so one together that the Bible says, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. God is his Word. Hallelujah. Powerful. Powerful. That's why when you speak the word, I've always talked, it, talked about it like this. When he sends his word out, Isaiah 55, 11, when he sends out his word, it never returns empty. It never comes back void. It always accomplishes what he sends it to do, right? And prospers in the thing whereunto he has sent it. So I want you to understand how powerful that is. The reason that can never come back empty or void and it always has to prosper is because if the word is God, who's going to tell God no? That's what I read to you at the beginning from Isaiah 14. If he's purposed to do something, who will cancel it? Nobody. If God has purposed to do something, who's going to cancel it? That should make you shout in your house or wherever you're watching from. If you're watching in an office because you work a night shift, shout anyway and scare the people in the other cubicles. (laughs) Just have a praise break in your cubicle and send people running for the bathroom. God's plans cannot be canceled by the devil or some demon or some antichrist individual. Glory to God. So what happens when God lifts his hand? Healing comes, deliverance comes, obstacles move. I mean, everything you need is in the presence of God. Everything you need is in the presence of God. And so I'm just, I'm just going to encourage you tonight. God's, the plans that he has for you cannot be canceled by some wicked force. People always, you know, I, I think we give the devil too much credit. People say, would you pray for me, please? <laughs> Erica said, I'm scaring the dogs right now. He said, could you, could you pray for me, please? I feel like there's just... There's demonic forces running through my family. The demonic forces are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. I feel the same way about demonic forces that I feel about an ant on a sidewalk. That's how I feel. The same, I feel this, just so people know, I'm not being cocky. I'm I'm telling you, when you understand authority and dominion in scripture, I feel the same way about demonic forces that I feel about an ant on the sidewalk. I don't see that ant crawling on the sidewalk and take off running in another direction. I don't call all of my pastor friends and say, I need you to get on prayer with me. We need to get on a Zoom call. We need to join our faith in prayer. Why, what's going on? I saw an ant crawling towards me on the sidewalk. People think you're insane. People think you're insane. The Bible says you've been seated in heavenly places far above. See, if you're seated where Jesus is seated, 
Remember where he's seated. In fact, let me, before we pray, let me just remind everybody where you are seated. Because remember, though you were dead in trespasses and in sins, he raised you up together with Christ and made you to sit in heavenly places with Christ. Hallelujah. So I want, I want you to just remember, if you're wondering, well, where, where am I seated? Well, you're seated with Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and verse 20, that God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come and put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. That's Christ. But notice we're seated where he's seated. So that means all rule, dominion, and authority is under our feet. And that also means that every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come, is far under our feet. Far. Not right under our feet. Far under our feet. Every demonic power is far under my feet. The devil himself, Satan, is far under my feet. Antichrist spirits, far under our feet. And so don't get worried. Well, you need to pray for me. There's demonic forces trying to run through my family. They're not, they got no authority to run through your family. Has <laughs> somebody, I think it was Hunter, put in the comments, squash, same as the ant on the sidewalk. I love how Jesus sometimes would respond to demons and say, shut up. That's all Jesus would say. Shut up. Hold your peace. Be quiet. Be quiet. And the Bible says he would not allow them to speak. <laughs> you know you've got power when you say, I'm not, even, I'm not just casting you out. Keep your mouth shut while you go. That's Jesus. And he would not allow them to speak. Don't just come out. Shut up and come out. Hallelujah. What's your name? Legion, for we are many. Oh, yeah? I don't care. So why didn't you, how come Jesus never referenced that name again? How come he said, how come he didn't say, Legion, I command you to come out? He didn't even reference the name again. Why? I believe it was rhetorical because Jesus was making a point. God's given unto me the name that's above every other name. Hallelujah. And those demons already knew it. They came running to bow down and beg. That's all, that's all demons can do. Bow down and beg. That is all demons can do to the Holy Ghost filled believer. Bow down and beg. Because you've got no authority. You're far under our feet. Far under our feet. Glory to God. Hope you're encouraged. You feel that faith coming up in your spirit. That's the word of God activating faith. Faith in your spirit. Why? You're called to be victorious. You're called to win, 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 win. You go from faith unto faith from victory unto victory, from favor unto favor, hallelujah, from glory unto glory. That means a lesser glory to a greater glory, a lesser faith to a greater faith, lesser victory to greater victory, lesser favor to greater favor, hallelujah. In Jesus' wonderful name. So Father, we come to you tonight so thankful for the power of your spirit, so thankful for the anointing that you've placed within us. We are the temple of, of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, makes his abode in us. And so Lord, we thank you that your mighty hand is being raised on our behalf in Jesus' name. We thank you that as we're obedient, we're, we thank you, Lord, that as we are praying, as we are taking in your word and quoting your word, declaring your word, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that things are moving out of our way quickly. We thank you that blessings are flowing quickly. We thank you that healing is flowing quickly. We thank you that deliverance is coming quickly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise. This is our time to see promotion come in every area. Lord, do not let us be out of position for promotion in 2023 in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us be found by your eyes that are quickly making inventory of the earth and show yourself strong and mighty on our behalf 
in Jesus' wonderful name. In day seven, if you have the uh, 21 day fast field guide, I'm using some of these prayer points now as we pray uh, in these final moments of prayer. Number one from day seven, if my confessions have been contradictory to your word, convict me today in your mighty name. If my confessions have been contradictory to your mighty word, let conviction come upon me today for your word declares in the third verse of Psalm 147, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And so, Lord, I'm asking you now, knowing that your word is the most powerful force in all of the universe, if my words, if my confession has not aligned with what you've already said, let a conviction from your Holy Spirit come upon my life today and guide me back into the place where I'm speaking faith again, where I'm declaring the word again in the wonderful name of Jesus. I thank you for it. I give you praise for it now by the power of your spirit. Lord, I ask you, as I speak your word, may I quickly see the manifestations of your power in Jesus' name. Your word declares in Psalm 147 and verse 15 that you send your command to the earth and your word moves swiftly. So as I speak your word, as we declare your word, as we confess your word. I pray that those manifestations of your power would quickly come to pass in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you that breakthroughs are flowing, miracles are flowing, favor is flowing in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we fill ourselves with your word, keep us from every wicked thing that the devil sent to destroy us. Keep us from every attack of the wicked one. Put a hedge of protection around us in Jesus' name. And we thank you that we will be in position for divine promotion in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you, according to 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, empower us to see beyond natural circumstances to what you've supernaturally promised us in Jesus' name. Don't let us look at what's going on in the natural realm. Don't let us look at what's going on in the government, the economy, the culture. Don't let us see any of that. Let us look beyond it. Let us look beyond it. Lord, as the prophet Elisha prayed for his servants, uh, his servant, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And from that moment, his servant saw into the supernatural realm and saw that there's more with us than there are with them. There's more with us than there are with them. And so, Lord, I ask you that you would open our eyes in the supernatural realm and see what you are doing, what you've promised. We see beyond circumstances. I refuse to look at a doctor's report or a lawyer's report or some report by specialists on the news and call that the truth of my life. Your word is the truth of my life. And so I thank you that your word can change doctor's reports. It changes diagnoses. It changes uh, court orders. It changes legal trouble. It changes, Lord, what's going on even in our nation. Your word changes. The truth changes the facts. We declare it and we thank you for it. The truth changes the facts in Jesus' name. I thank you tonight that the cares of this world will never enter our lives in Jesus' name. Not only our lives, never enter our homes, our ministries, or our businesses ever again from this day forward. For the Lord is our shepherd, and you make us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters. So Lord, I thank you tonight that the cares of this world are running from our homes. We do not have and we will not have Homes filled with strife and tension and discord. We will not have homes filled with heaviness and anxiety and fear and uh, problems. We'll, we, we refuse it in Jesus' name. All those things have to stay outside the door in the mighty name of Jesus. They cannot cross over into our house that has a blood barrier on the door. 
the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of our home. It is not allowed in our homes. So Lord, the cares of this world will not touch us in Jesus' name. For your word has built a faith in our hearts that takes possession of your promises. And so we thank you now that we are operating in a peace that goes beyond natural understanding. We, we operate now in a peace that will blow other people's minds. Your word declares that you will keep us in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you. And so, Lord, we keep our minds on you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that no evil spirit that's at work against our lives, homes, ministries, businesses will be able to stay hidden. It will be revealed and cast out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you now that every wicked plan that the enemy thought he could use, every plot launched against us that tried to stay hidden, tried to stay under the cover, it has to come out and be revealed and cast out in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. We are expecting breakthroughs in these final two weeks of the fast. Lord, let quick testimonies come. Let quick breakthroughs come. Let quick miracles happen. Things that don't even make sense to the natural mind. That's what I'm asking, Lord. Things that don't even make sense to the natural mind. Things that would make people stop and turn their head and say, how did that happen? What in the world is going on over there? How? How? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Blow the minds of those who don't have faith in you, Lord. Blow the minds of the wicked. And we thank you for that. We give you praise and glory for that. And we thank you that it's quickly coming to pass. Lord, let this be our year of financial wonders. This is our year of turnarounds. I thank you that people are getting debt-free supernaturally. Cancel debt. Lord, you can do all things. Cancel debt for your faithful people. I pray it in Jesus' name. I pray it won't even make sense. People will call, hospitals will call up. We're canceling. Your medical bills, your medical bills are being canceled. It's all taken care of. No more payments necessary. I pray it in Jesus' name. Schools will call. Your student loans, uh, everything's all paid, all taken care of. Loans are canceled. No more payments necessary. I pray, Lord, you'll cancel credit card debt. I pray that homes would be paid off. Cars would be paid off. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that people who have never owned a home, but they've only rented. Let this be the year that they take ownership of their home. Let this be the year people take ownership of their own personal business that you have set aside for them. Let it be a year of financial wonders in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for it. And we give you praise for it in the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus. We say amen. If you believe that tonight, lift your hands, throw some fire up, give God glory, give God praise in Jesus' name. Then we call it done. We call it done. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.